Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the 2017 Dragon Con Con Report. Uh, when you're listening to this, it's just over 120 days until Dragon Con. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. Hey, Mr. Mike, how are you? I'm Peachy Keen, and yourself? I'm doing great. I'm the guy who hits record, so I'm, well, how bad could it be? Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, Dor- Darren Noel is with us. Howdy, folks. What's up? Howdy, sir. How are how are things in the uh, costuming one? Now, I would imagine things are, like, mm. you're starting to make things happen now, right? <laughs> you're so adorable. <laughs> uh, went, went to the store, bought some stuff, and of course, I'm missing one color in the type of fabric I need, so I'm on a hunt now. So, yeah. And I, I do have to recommend there's there's a place off of um, I-85 um, up near Jimmy Carter Boulevard. If you're out that way, it's a place called Fine Fabrics. Hell if, yeah, I swear if, by that place. Yeah, if you can, if you can, if it exists, it's there. Yep. And there are probably dead bodies back there buried under bolts of fabric. But <laughs> oh my god, it's an amazing place. I'll probably make another trip out there next month. So yeah. Awesome. See if I can find what I need for my uh, projects. So, yeah. oh, we we also have Mary Lou Who joining us once again. Hello. Howdy. How are things going with your costuming? Uh, I'm just now starting to think about what I'm going to wear. Okay. So pretty behind schedule. Uh, you yeah. know, it's depending, it's, it, it depends. I, I don't think anybody's grading on a curve here. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it's all right. It always turns out okay, even if I'm up till, you know, 2 a.m. before I leave for con, but it'll work out. It definitely. And <laughs> we also have Nicoma Sanchez back returning to the station. Yay. Yeah, sorry. I completely missed out on the last one. That was my bad. That's understandable. Life life happens, unfortunately. Are you sure so, she's uh, not calling us from the road? Ha 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 ha. Wow. Sarcasm much. I know, right? <laughs> well, it's it's glad to have you back with us. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, we're also going to feature segments on this episode with, of course, Eternal Zan, Kevin Batchelder, and Michelle Biddick Simmons. And uh, I'm just going to warn everybody ahead of time: the segment with Michelle is a little heavy uh, this year, uh, this month. So just prepare yourselves for that. Um, but it's important. So, um, so uh, we definitely, um, uh, definitely give it a listen to the end. Um, also, 
Um, I should I should mark that this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, please help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more money, and it really does help us out a lot. Uh, also, if you'd like to leave feedback or comment on our show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Uh, or you can also send us an email at esopodcast.gmail.com. We will read or play your messages on our show. Uh, so please, if you have suggestions or comments about Dragon Con, your experiences with Dragon Con, or questions for us, please let us know. Uh, now we're going to get started with some news and notes. There's been a lot of guest announcements, which we'll get to in a little bit, but not a lot of huge, uh, big news in terms of uh, Dragon Con goes. I, I, the um, the next staff meeting is May twentieth, and that's a volunteer meeting, so uh, that's a date that everybody should uh, pay attention to if they're wanting to get involved, more involved with Dragon Con. So we'll usually after the staff meetings is when we get a lot more information. So I would expect after. Uh, the meeting next month, uh, that show will have a lot more information for you. Um, I can tell you that one of the other track rooms has moved. Uh, com- it's confirmed that the Urban Fantasy track will now be located in Chastain 1 and 2. So they're taking up two rooms at the opposite end of the same floor that they've always been on in the Westin. So they're still in the Westin. They're just going to be on the opposite end of the same floor. So. And it sounds like they've got a larger space because they're now taking up two rooms. So that's pretty cool. Um, But apart from that, um, I guess the only thing else I want to mention real quick is because we always love talking about Dragon Con and their their incentive to do things for the community. Um, It's probably too late as you're listening to this to participate, but I think they should be applauded um, on April 29th. They have their uh, Walk to End Lupus Now. Uh, Dragon Con is participating in that. Um, and they've actually, as of rec- this recording, they've actually exceeded their goal. Their goal was to raise $10,000 for the Lupus Foundation of America, uh, the Georgia chapter anyway, and uh, they've already exceeded that. They're, they're trying to reach the goal of 20000 before the walk. So um, we'll let you know on the next episode whether or not they hit that or even exceed even more than that. So, But it's always good that uh, throughout the year, Dragon Con hosts these events, participates in these events to uh, help out the community. So um, I think they're to be applauded for that. Um, yeah, and that's really all the news. Um, so um, I guess without further ado, there's because there's a lot of guest announcements that were done uh, over the past month or so. So Mike and Mary, take it away. Wow. Yeah, there have definitely been a plethora of new guests announced. And, you know, they even announced who will be the, uh, I guess, the patriarch or the head of the parade or the, you know, chairman of it. And we'll talk all about that as we get to our list. It's going to be really interesting to see. And also this year, they're actually going to have people hosting the uh, going to the aquarium. So that's going to be even more interesting. Uh, we'll talk all about that in further segments because I know Zan has that taken care of. But we have a guest list in front of us. And Mary, I'd like ladies to go first. We'll start bottom of the list. Let's do it. Claire Santa Maria is a Los Angeles area Emmy and Knight Foundation Award winning journalist, science communicator, television personality, producer, and podcaster. Cara has created and hosts a weekly science podcast called Talk Nerdy and 
Talk Nerdy. It's just called Talk Nerdy. There you go. And co-hosts the popular Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast. She co-founded the annual science communication retreat, hashtag SciComCam. Awesome. Jay Novella is a skeptic activist, a science popularized and co-host of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, a top 10 science podcast with over 600 episodes. Tom Hutchins is the founder of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club as Mandalore the Uniter. Working from his armory, Tom is the creator of some of the world's most realistic Mandalorian costumes and props and focus of various television shows and documentaries on Star Wars cosplay. Jody Lenai has written dozens of books and over 150 short stories, most of them with a humorous bent. Her latest books is The Rhythm of the Imperium, Moonbeam, and Mythfits. She also teaches the annual Dragon Con two-day writer's workshop. Mika McKinnon is the master of disaster and scientist for, for fiction, uh, and she gleefully interjects science anywhere it can fit in a few places it doesn't. She's pretty cool. She worked on uh, Stargate. Lena Hetty is best known for her roles as Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones, Queen, yeah. Gor- Queen Gorgon in the film 300, and Sarah Connor in the series Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Lena will be a guest at Dragon Con on Sunday and Monday only. Sarah E. Netherly is a steampunk model, maker, and artist from Nashville, Tennessee. Jeffrey Grant is the Senior VP of Research for Adult Swim, Boomerang, Cartoon Network, and True TV. He oversees the teams responsible for research conduct in support of programming, marketing, digital mobile, ad sales, and gaming costuming pr- products across the networks with a specialty in generational research uh, regarding millennials and plurals. Carrie Ann Gottschalk was a contestant on the TV reality show Steampunked by being, invo- by being involved with many artistic mediums and especially her skills with leather, which reflect the steampunk style. She's been a leather worker for 10 years and specializes in leather masks, which have won her many awards and publishings. Trina Ray is an astronomer with the Cassini-Hughes mission to Saturn. She co- coordinates with the Titan Opportunities as is the Science Planning Sequence Team Deputy. She is also a newly named investigation scientist for the Mission to Europa, an active public speaker invited to give many talks around the nation. Nathan Fillion is a voice actor and a regular actor, best known for his role as Richard Castle on the ABC series Castle, as well as his earlier portrayer, portrayal of the lead role of Captain Malcolm Reynolds in the television series Firefly and its feature film continuation, Serenity. Fillion will be appearing Friday only. Oh, wow. Yeah! <laughs> I'm so excited! Like, if I had a type, he is it. Could you be a little more enthused? Probably. Wow. <laughs> Venom there, dear. Venom. As it as it as we get closer to Dragon Con, she'll get more and more enthused. Yes. Oh, I don't mean anything against anyone. I just mean I'm holding it in right now. <laughs> She's trying not to go full fangirl. <laughs> yeah. As it gets closer, she loses it a couple times. Oh Can- yeah. I took a picture of his butt once. <laughs> oh, sweet. Remind, remind me to tell you of a film I have that um, his butt is completely unclosed. Uh huh. I'll tell you later. Kate probably has it. Kate Vernon <laughs> boasts a strong resume of performance, but is best known for her role as reimagined Battlestar Galactica. 
Carl Urban is best known for portraying Eomer in the second and third installations of Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings trilogy, Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy in Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, Cupid and Julius Caesar in Xena, Warrior Princess, Vako in The Chronicles of Riddick and Riddick, and Judge Dredd in the 2012 film Dredd. He recently pl- played the main character, John Kennex, in the television series Almost Human. Also, a thousand percent my type. <laughs> That's going to be the running thing now. Every you know person who is Mary's type, she'll have to bring up on the show. I will because there aren't that many of them. There are very few, and two of them are going to be there this year. It's beautiful. <laughs> Tessia Tales was born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She's known for her work on The Hundred, Rogue, and Supernatural. Rika Sharma is, was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. She's an actress best known for The Core, Battlestar Galactica, and Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Benjamin Perry writes the Green Arrow and Teen Titans series for DC Comics and James Bond for Dynamite Entertainment. He made his comic debut in 2014 writing Batman for Detective Comics. Zach McGowan is currently playing the series regular role of Rowan in the CW hit show The 100, as well as Captain Charles Vane in the Michael Bay executive-produced Star's original series Black Sails. Michael Hogan, everyone knows him as the Exo Commander Saul Tig on Battlestar Galactica. Michael Hogan has well over 100 film, TV, and audio credits to his name. Jim Butcher is the author of The Dresden Files, The Codex Alera, and his new steampunk series, The Cinder Spires. Jim currently resides mostly inside his own head, but his head can generally be found in his hometown of Independence, Missouri. Tesla Forge is a cosplay model and artisan crafter. She is also a contestant on the steampunk, now steaming on Netflix. A majority of time is spent making costumes and accessories for her online business, uh, it's called non-conformatory accessories. Most of her costumes are inspired by Victorian and steampunk fashions. Michael Bunker is a USA Today best-selling author called the father of Amish sci-fi. Michael writes in many genres. That one seems pretty specific, though. Amish in sci-fi. Two- oh. <laughs> In 2015, Variety announced that Michael had sold a film TV option for his Amish sci-fi novel, Pennsylvania to Jorgensen. Oh, the novel is named Pennsylvania to Jorgensen Pictures. JP is developing Pennsylvania for a feature film or television series. Michael Rosenbaum is a film and TV actor, producer, and comedian. He is best known for his performance as Lex Luthor on the Superman television series Smallville a role that TV Guide included in their 2013 list of the 60th nastiest villains of all time. Michael will be the co-host at the Night at the Aquarium event. Oops, I mentioned that earlier. (laughs) Rob Paulson is an American voice actor who is well known as Raphael in the older TMNT series and Donatello in the new TMNT series. Uh, Arthur in The Tick and the title role in The Mask. Max in Mighty Max, Carl Weezer in Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, and Jack in Danny Phantom. And, of course, he's Pinky in Pinky and the Brain. Well, that's a big one to leave out. Yeah, yeah. he's Wacko, too. He's exactly. Wacko of the Warner Brothers. Exactly. So, yeah, they get, left a lot of his credits out. Exactly. Well, they, they only have, you know, so many full, pages full that they round. could put yeah. that in. You know, because it just go on and on. And I'm so happy Rob is coming back because he actually uh, just is in remission from cancer. So he had uh, actually voice uh, voice cancer, 
And so he actually beat it. And I'm very happy to be able to say that he's going to be a Dragon Con this year. That's very awesome. Uh, Nick Maley, over the course of 54 movies, has worked as a makeup artist, prosthetic designer, director of special makeup, and creative effects screenwriter, storyboard supervisor, and video director producer. His credits include Star Wars, Superman 1 and 2, The Shining, Flash Gordon, Kroll, Life Force, Highlander, and many, many more. Stan Lee is an American comic book writer, editor, actor, producer, publisher, television personality, and the former president and chairman of Marvel Comics. In collaboration with several artists, and most notably Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, he co-created Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, The X-Men, The Avengers, Iron Man, The Hulk, Thor, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, and literally everything else. That's about right. (laughs) Jonathan Hedder debuted in the feature film as the title character of the comedy film Napoleon Dynamite. You've heard of that film, folks. He has also acted in the films Benchwarmers, School for Scoundrels, Blades of Glories, Mama's Boy, When in Rome, and more. John will be the co-host at Night of the Aquarium. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas so, founded Lynn Vander Studios, producing the award-winning The Gamers films, Natural One and Hands of Fate. Thomas designed several tabletop games, such as Albion's Legacy, Galaxy Quest, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dragon Ball Z, The Terminator, and Cowboy Bebop before being published in Shadowrun, A World of Shadows. Jamie Chambers is the award-winning tabletop game designer who recently relaunched the classic Metamorphous Alpha RPG and is known for his work on... Dragonlance, Serenity, Battlestar Galactica, and Supernatural. He lives in North Georgia, constantly juggling projects great and small. Kristen Z. Karen is a stage director, public speaker, and singer, and is also a senior staffer for TheWondering.net. Seen at events as a panelist for Torn, performer, interview or interviewing Hobbit cast members, Karen brings her knowledge of literature, music, theater, and all things fantasy to her interactions with fans and celebs. That's awesome. And last but not least for this time is the Atlanta Radio Theater Company. ARTC has been producing and performing audio drama since 1984. And we are done, folks. Woo! So drink up. We only messed up a couple times. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. Right, some of those and, are not very well written. I'm just telling you. And, and for those of you stalking, you know where Mary Lou will be now. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> and if you listen to that entire list and are still wondering who is going to be the Grand Marshal in the 2017 Dragon Con Parade, well, it is none other than, sorry, Mary Lou, it is Stan Lee got the job. Whatever, uh, I way better. <laughs> so, um, so yes, and uh, it should be of note too that uh, you know uh, Stan is is doing a, um, a sort of going uh, to last appearances throughout uh, conventions yeah. now. Farewell to so her, yeah. exactly. So um, uh, if you have ever wanted to see Stan, uh, he will be there all weekend, and uh, uh, this is this is there's no better time really. Now is your chance. Yeah, yeah this is this is his farewell tour. I hate to put it that way, but me too. Me too. But even they're calling it that. Even his people are calling it that. So, um, so yeah. So, 
so yes, it will be uh, really dear to have him be part of that. So, um, but great job, guys. Appreciate it. So, um, with the guests out of the way, all the other announcements, it's uh, time for uh, group discussion. And this this month, well, we can't talk about anything else because in Atlanta, everything is really revolving around traffic <laughs> and 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 traveling and how uh yes everything seems to be uh going uh going up going down like everything is just crazy pants so um but uh that's not to say that uh they'll still be that way for dragon con now um i, I wanted to get uh sort of the group's opinion um and we'll uh, on the sort of a travel guide tips um anything that you guys can think of this is not an official guide a comprehensive guide but something that you know i think we could all have different experiences with um, but as far as, as far as we'll start with traveling to the convention, getting, getting to there, whether you're get, whether you're coming in on Monday, Tuesday, whatever day you're coming in on, um, obviously a lot of us are local, so we'll, we won't be, um, flying in. So I don't know how much experience anybody has with that, but, um, I will say that, um, you know, driving in, taking Marta in, what would, what is your, what is your preference? Hmm. So I don't I don't stay at a hosting hotel the years that I go. I stay offsite. I actually stay over by the airport. And um I used to drive in every day for the convention and find super secret parking lots that didn't charge me $30 a day and park. Um but this last year I stayed at the same hotel that I normally do and instead I took their shuttle to the airport and then rode the MARTA from the airport into town and that was not only more cost effective but it was so much easier than mm -hmm. actually driving through downtown because even while the convention's not going on it's already a bustling city. Um, and on top of that, even uh, while there may, may or may not be panels on, the streets are just flooded. That's an extremely busy weekend. You can't get anywhere. Take the MARTA if you can. Now, is, is MARTA busier than usual, would you say? That I wouldn't know because I don't get to take it on a daily basis. Gotcha. So I wouldn't have a comparison for that one. Gotcha. And now uh, I understand, too, that, uh, of course, Marta doesn't run all hours of the night. So I would imagine that you're you're going to be limited if you're staying off site, if you're staying at a different hotel uh, where you need to rely on Marta. Um, do you know what the hours are offhand? Because you obviously will have to limit your time at the convention, not by much, of course. But I know that I know that they extend the hours during Dragon Con weekend. I don't remember exactly what they are. There's usually only one night that I stay out really late, and that's the night of the Glamour Geek Review. Um, and I usually just take an Uber back to the hotel at that point. Gotcha. Gotcha. And now I would imagine, yeah, that's one thing that's changed uh, the last couple of years uh, that's opened up a, a lot more possibilities, of course, with uh, Uber and Lyft, right? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, I mean, and granted, both of those companies have their own issues that are going on, but I've had uh, two experiences with them specifically related to Dragon Con. One was a half and half, and that was mostly just some confusion. Um, but the other one I didn't have any problems with. Awesome, awesome. Anybody else uh, taken Marta uh, during, uh, the, during Dragon Con? Yes. 
I and did. what's your experiences with Margo? Um, well, you know, a lot of times, because I come down on Thursday, and instead of having to pay for parking, I have a friend of mine drive me usually like to the, you know, North Springs Marta and drop me off, and I take it down to get to the con. And then either Judy drives down later in the weekend when she comes down for a few days, or I have friends take me home. So a lot of times, Marta is really smart it's crowded it's a regular subway system but you know some people complain that it doesn't go anywhere it goes to the airport and it goes to to outside the perimeter that's pretty much where it does and it goes through downtown so it does help having marta there and especially with all the highway troubles right now it's the smart way to go because parking is free at the stations folks you don't have to pay to, you know, pay for parking like you do downtown. And I think it's what two fifty or something to take Marta on the weekends. It's not a bad deal, you know, to do it. And you could even buy your round trip ticket right all at one point. And you have a little card. So can I, you leave your car there the whole time? Like, could you leave it there for a week? Uh, yeah, yeah, people do. Okay. People do that. Yeah. I will say that I wish that whatever hotel registration is going to be at would offer some sort of like discounted, like one hour maximum parking. Because last year I got stuck paying, I got all the other lots surrounding the hotel were full and I got stuck paying like $20 for me to spend 10 minutes to run in and get my registration badge. Mm-hmm. You want a discount during Dragon Con weekend? Silly <laughs> lady. Silly lady. Come on now. You'd be lucky if they're not charging twice. You mean they aren't? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, they, they, uh, they are, so stop yeah. it. Three times, four times, yeah, I lost count. What, whatever um, the market will bear. Absolutely. So. Um, I do know that um, um, uh, for the past, I think, six or so years, since since my cousin and I have been staying at the host hotels uh, during Dragon Con, um, we he when he when he flies in from Indiana he he always takes Marta to get to the hotel so um, so I, it saves me a trip to pick him up and it's really easy um, unless you've got like a ton of baggage uh, that uh, yeah and it's out of control uh, I would say that uh, if you're flying in a, a great option to get to your hotel if you're one in one of the host hotels is to just take Marta in it's a lot it's easier certainly, it's certainly going to be a lot cheaper than taking a cab. Or Uber or Lyft. Oh, yeah. I, I think Marta's like $3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unless unless you've got like a and ton of bags. And, and Yeah, you, the, yeah, the problem comes when you have a whole bunch of, of costumes and everything to, yes. to cart yes. around. That's, that's, why where, have, that's why you have handlers that don't well, dress up so they carry the rest of your stuff. <laughs> we call them, call them Sherpas. Yeah. But for, the, one, the one thing you do have to worry about, though, with Marta, and this is not a complaint against Marta, but also in Atlanta that weekend, there are multiple events. It's just not right. Dragon Con. Right. So you have people flying in from all over the country to go to college football games. You have other conventions further up in the city. And, you know, then there's holiday traffic on top of it. So yeah. and the, there are two games this year. One is on Saturday. One's on Sunday. And we got a little lucky with the Sunday game because one of the teams is Georgia Tech. So probably a lot of locals are going to go to that, but that means parking is going to be crazy Sunday downtown, yeah. crazier than normal. 
so um, on this, continuing on the subject of MARTA, uh, I cannot remember which line it was that I took from the airport into downtown or which stop it was that I got off of. But do any does anybody else here remember that for our listeners? Yeah, you, I know that's, yeah it's easy, actually. You do you get off at N1. That's the exit you want is the Peachtree Center exit. Okay. Yes, exactly. That's one of the most confusing things for people who have never taken it before. Is they just look at this map and they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No, the big yeah, the big station on MARTA is, of course, five points because that's where you could transfer to other trains. But, but you don't want to do that. No, you do not want to do that. <laughs> so you take you take it literally from the airport. You do not change trains. And nope. it's the stop right after five points. It's called Peachtree Center. And literally, when you get off at Peachtree Center – It'll drop you off right at the hotels. It's at the, you know, right there. So and, that uh, means for all of you cheap people out there who are broke like I am, who stay off site, take your shuttle from your airport to the hotel or from your hotel to the airport and uh-huh. then take the MARTA in for $3 and get off at N1. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And if the Peachtree Center Station looks familiar to everybody, it's because it was used. Actually, it was a location in uh, Escape from New York also. Uh, so it might look familiar to a lot of people who are uh, seeing it. It's got one of the longest elevator escalators that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, people people who have height issues might have an issue with that escalator. Yeah, and if you do, if you do, consider the elevator. So. Exactly, right. there are elevators, and I don't think they're doing any renovations this year. So now, fingers crossed. Yeah, you don't know. But exactly. um, are so, we taking bets on what elevator is going to break at which hotel first? <laughs> No, no, that's a that's a that's a, <laughs> a whole different show. That's a whole different show. Okay, so so we've got uh, Marta covered. Uh, obviously, coming in there now. I will say that if you're driving in, um, as far as we know, everything is scheduled to be fine as far as the Atlanta roadways. Uh, the uh, 85 is supposed to be repaired by then. Uh, oh, you better the, knock on something like right now. I know, right? There we go. Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, that's not to say there won't be something else that rears its ugly yeah. head. Hey, but, Mike, um, come on. It's you know it's only April. <laughs> There's a lot to happen before then. Absolutely, absolutely. But so if you're if you're driving in, that's fine. Be again, be prepared. There's going to be a ton of traffic coming into town, uh, starting probably as early as Thursday. Um, certainly, if you're a vendor uh, or or you've got a lot of stuff that you want to um, unload uh, to either one of the hotels or uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the exhibitor halls. Uh, it, it's kind of tricky to course. Uh, to you just need a lot of patience. <laughs> I mean, a lot of patience. Um, so, uh, I, but definitely, there's a lot of resources that are out there, especially if you are using the exhibitor hall. Um, if you're at the apparel mart, uh, there is, uh, I think, only really one place that you can load and unload, and uh, it, it can be pretty hectic. Uh, but again, as long as you have patience, you can get it done. Everybody wants to just get in, load their stuff, and get out. And uh, the volunteers that I was uh, that I experienced last year at the Apparel Mart were very, um, were very helpful and uh, very friendly, and they were really keen on making sure everybody unloaded their stuff and then got out of there, didn't linger. And so it, it was a big, it was a very fast turnaround. Uh, so there's that. Um, and as far as yeah, so as far as traveling to the convention, I think that about covers it. Um, if you're traveling around, like during the convention, um, if you've never been to Dragon Con before, uh, obviously it's in the hotels. There are some convenience stores. If you want to, 
stray a few like stray and get go to uh, a grocery store or some kind of other store uh, obviously that's going to take you um, further out and I would probably recommend either do using an Uber for that or a friend who has a car a local friend who has a car oh very um, much so yeah because I don't think I don't think Marta is really particularly handy for that kind of thing no um so um like if you wanted to go to i guess the is the closest grocery store the murder kroger no, no murder no. kroger's gone it's gone oh that's right man that's, that's right. murder no. kroger has been rest you know, in peace murder kroger killed no by exactly a development, so. no i th- i think up i think up there's a Publix maybe like there a, is. a mile it's away on, yeah it sounds like fifth i think yeah, well, no, it's not on Fifth. It's uh, before you get to right before North Avenue. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. But I stress this: it is not really a walkable neighborhood. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I stress this to you people. No, so don't that, think you're going to go get like snacks and beer at 10 p.m. at night. Not yeah, a good plan. it's, it's well, not really best to buy all that stuff before you go. If or, you're depend on food or alcohol in your room and you're traveling to the convention, you should buy it before you even get to the hotel. There is the CVS at Peachtree Center. I was just going to say okay, that. Yeah. There is. Yeah. So I would next if you just give me a second. But if you find you need something in the middle of the convention, there are opportunities to get food and drink. You're just going to pay more than if you have gotten it beforehand. Where can you go for that, Mary? Yes. <laughs> I think I think she's going to tell you where you can go. I know she <laughs> oh does all she does often on this show. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the CBS and the Peace Tree Center Mall. But if you do take Marta, if you have backpacks, you can go up from N1 to the Midtown Station, and there's a Publix right across the street, down a block. Exactly. So you that's can load the... up on snacks away from the craziness of Dragon Con there, and take them back to your hotel that way. It's it, just really, do you have that much time to get away from the con to do exactly. that? Because isn't that up it, by Georgia Tech? It's close to Tech, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's there, why. There are now scheduled events that are not in the hotel area. Uh, the one being the aquarium, which is pretty easy to get to. But again, it's not, um, I don't think it's a fun walk. But it's, 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 and it's definitely a no, walk. I would Uber. It's, I would it's, Uber yeah. that. It's a walk that you want to do in groups, um, and if you're in a costume, yeah, you probably want to Uber. Um, definitely. Um, well, there are it's, there are it's shuttles right there though, in too. Park. Right, right. I do think they have a shuttle for that. Um, now, I don't know if they have a shuttle because now they're starting to do some programming um, for at the at the Center for Puppetry Arts during Dragon Con, and uh, the, um, the the Jim Henson Labyrinth exhibit will still be there through the uh, run of Dragon Con. I think after Dragon Con is over is when it's done at the uh, Puppetry Arts. So, so if you want to see that, and uh, they, last year they had a ball, a masquerade ball there uh, that was uh, part of, it was sort of a part of Dragon Con. And um, so, um, but that again, unless there, unless there are organized shuttles, which I'm not sure there are, I would definitely, definitely you're going to have to use uh, Uber or taxi cab for that. Um, and then everything else is really walking distance. I mean, we've, we, I know we've covered it before, but for those people who might be new to the show, I mean, you're going to be doing a lot of walking, a lot of walking, <laughs> like, cause, uh, yeah, unless, uh, unless you're really staying at, uh, one track for the duration, 
but even so, there's still there's going to be uh, between heck just from the Sheridan to the Apparel Mart. I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty good walk. You and they be- do have they do have buses that'll take you from all of the hotels and the apparel mart and vice versa, which I don't normally use them. I think I use them once or twice a year, and it's usually when my knees are acting up because I have bad knees. So, how often do those run? I don't know if I've ever seen those. Uh, they actually run pretty frequently. Um, it's one of those things where I, I'm I haven't timed it in between, but there's usually one every like three to five minutes, I think. Because they've got like three three different buses, and it's a small little area when you're going by bus to to really get get through. But and they're also air conditioned, which is nice. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be yeah because because I think certainly when you're going to the apparel mart, I mean, depending on which way you're coming or going, yeah. that is that is a steep hill. It is. And in the in the I mean, we're still talking about um, you know. Labor Day weekend is still considered summer in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Halloween yeah. is considered summer in Atlanta. <laughs> so, so you will sweat. Exactly. It's interesting too because, the like you were talking about the hill that is between the Apparel Mart and over by the Hyatt isn't so bad, but then the hill between the Westin and the Apparel Mart that is the <laughs> steep one. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one too. But. Yeah. With a, as a, when you once you get in the western, there are habit trails, right? Mm-hmm. So there are connectors between the western and the apparel mart, and there's uh, throughout most of the other hotels, there's there's habit trails as well. Most of them go through the uh, the food court area, um, but you can pretty much get to where you need to be within those hotels. The certainly the main three, uh, the Hilton, the Hyatt, and the Marriott. Uh, pretty easily within within habit trails so you don't mm-hmm. have to go outside much no the only time you have to go outside is to cross peachtree street yeah and the only time that uh you really have to go outside is that i mean the sheridan kind of stands alone <laughs> it's just the sheridan's just out there so it's uh two blocks away from the hilton and uh yeah so you're just there's and and it's even further away from uh from the it's probably the, the the furthest point I would probably say from any two points in the convention would be the apparel mart to the Sheridan. Am I yeah. wrong? I I agree with that. But I do think that it's it it, it is kind of a cool thing to do uh, during the convention to sort of uh, it's it's nice. I find that it's nice to to leave the hotels to not dine in the 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 food court area every night and to get out because there's a lot of places to eat. Oh yeah. So I know that uh, we've talked about those. Um, we've talked about uh, dining uh, before, and we'll probably uh, talk about it again at some point. But um, certainly, there's a lot of really good places to eat. You might have to walk a little bit, but um, they're all within realm. And if you're willing to, you know, take a cab or take an Uber or something like that, there's even more options. There's way more options. And so I would definitely encourage people to do that. And obviously, the further out you go, the less crowds you're going to have. Huh. Nope, exactly. And that's part of the fun is finding new restaurants. And, you know, you do want to be around the con, but sometimes it's nice to get some away from it to breathe a little bit. Yeah. There's one restaurant I'm definitely never going to again. 
no, no. And we won't tell you, listeners, which one that is, but I guarantee you will eat. I I will tell you if you PM me, but I will not broadcast it on this on this podcast. Uh, But uh, well, if you say if you say it, Mike, I'll bleep it out. (laughs) Sure, you right. Um. But uh, in any case, uh, there's plenty of places that I do. There's a, quite a few number of places that I, I, I have to hit every year. It's a tradition now. Um, so um, and uh, I think that's the fun of it, too. There's a lot of uh, a lot of places. To, and like I said, there there's so many other events that are happening. Uh, the more you get closer to the dome. So the more you get closer to Centennial Park, the more you're going to run into the the sports crowd. Oh, very much so, because over by the Dome, there's a great seafood restaurant, Legal Seafood. It's a chain, but it's decent for Atlanta. And that's going to be Sports Central, pretty much. Right. So, but I will have to say that um, uh, the, um, you know, it, it, there's other opportunities to do other things, too. I mean, obviously, there's the World of Coke that's there now and, and CNN Tower. Or there's CNN, also the Civil uh, Rights Museum is there, too, now. Oh, that's right, right. And the um, uh, college basketball Hall of Fame is there right now, too? No, the, fo- right? the college football Hall college of Fame. College football, sorry, yes, is there, too. That's so. sports ball stuff. Sports ball stuff, yeah. What, uh, who am I kidding? There's nobody going to be driving. Yeah, exactly. Out. One last thing about traveling downtown we might as well hit real quick is parking. You know, we touched on it briefly. If you're driving in, yes. Parking is, uh, yes. It's evil. <laughs> parking is evil and vile. There and used to be, there used to be, as Dacoma said, there used to be nice little hidey holes that you could go to that would only oh charge like eight to ten bucks a day or a night or whatever. Yeah, and they, were, they were great, but that's those days. They all became they all became either school related or privatized. Yeah. So so yeah, um, there's there are parking apps that can help you find uh, parking. Um, I'm not sure of. Does anybody know one? Because I know that there's uh, a, a couple of that people have told me that they use. No, but I've traveled within several blocks of any of the hotels around Dragon Con, and I expect to spend between 20 and $40 a day in parking. And I just budget for it. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're staying at the hotel, there's no relief there because the hotels charge. Oh, yeah. They're oh, minimum, 40 bucks. Yeah. 30, yeah, they're yeah, minimum it's like, 20 yeah, 30, 40 bucks to park. And that's yeah. that's that's if they're that's not full. per night. Yeah. Like by the time you get there on if you're getting there on Friday, they're already Probably full. They're they're full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and including if you're going oh, go go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. No, go ahead. I was just gonna make a really bad joke and it's not worth putting in. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to use one of the lots and you're staying in the hotels, make sure that you set an alarm on your phone to go out and put more money daily. Because yeah. your car will be booted, and it's a seventy-five to one hundred and fifty dollar fine to get a boot off your car. And I have to mention this because of my own experience, as well as others. Uh, don't trust any of the lots. Don't trust. You might think, "Oh, I'm in a hotel lot, then no. nothing's going to happen to my nope. car." Nope. Do don't trust not it. trust any of the lots. Do not leave anything out that looks even remotely valuable, and 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 make sure everything is locked up tight. And uh, and as much as you're in control as you can, because I have had my own car broken into. I, I uh, a good friend of mine had his car stolen. Um, I mean, it is prime, prime, prime opportunities for for those kind of folks. 
Now that we've told you all these horror stories, please come to Dragon Con. <laughs> You'll have a blast. <laughs> well, it's just, it is the kind of headache that has to deal with them. I mean, you know, that's by the time all this is, you know, over, like you've parked the car, you've got to the event, you're going to be ready to party. <laughs> but, but yeah, there will be a little bit of stress involved uh, in, in getting there and, and, and moving around to an extent but completely worth it, completely worth it. So um, we hope that helps a little bit. Um, and uh, if you guys have any questions about that, you want us to get into more detail about uh, some of those topics, uh, traveling around or what's in that area, please reach out to us because uh, we, we love talking about it, this stuff. So, And we will find out that information for you. So thanks, guys. And now, speaking of somebody who's going to answer your questions, we're going to have Eternal Zan. She's got some, uh, she's been listening to what you've been asking, and she's got some answers for you. And now we're here with Eternal Zan. Howdy, Zan. How are you this month? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. So what do you have going on for us this month? Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about is something that I know you're probably have already discussed in the roundtable discussion, but I just wanted to point out that I binge rewatched Buffy and Angel and Dollhouse on Netflix. And then shortly afterwards, it was announced that the Whedonverse track had been canceled. And then I rewatched Firefly on Netflix. And then after that, Netflix announced it was taking off all the Joss Whedon shows from their streaming service. And this was all a couple months ago that I did this rewatching. And then after I recorded last month's segment, we talked off air after the segment was recorded about what topic I should cover this month. And then we agreed on transportation. And I've never lived in Georgia. And the only time I ever come to the state is for Dragon Con. So I was like, great, I can provide the tourist perspective on transportation. And then Atlanta began displaying all the warning signs of the apocalypse. So I'm just wondering, like, what do you want me to cover next month? Month, Like, you know, who don't you like? Because we can just arrange that right now, and I'll just take them down for you. Well, let's talk next month about Dragon Con and politics. That's it. Yeah. Okay, excellent. We'll just get that all sorted out. So I'm not saying I'm a jinx, but maybe people might want to stand, like, a little farther away from me than normal for the next few weeks. You know, just to be safe. I'm just saying. No, I could definitely see that happening. And yeah, it was kind of weird because little pulling the curtain back last month, you know, Zan and I had a little talk after the show, we were just talking and she came up in conversation. What do you want to talk about this month? You know, talking about April. And I said, well, let's talk about, you know, transportation at the con, getting around the different buildings and stuff like that. And then also if you're commuting in and such. But, you know, that became our main topic because actually, you know, what had happened here in Atlanta and, you know, the highways collapsing because of the fire and the potholes that are erupting out of anywhere and the fires under the bridges. It's just coming to an end, all of it. Yeah, I think that's a great group topic discussion because you really need a lot of voices on that one and especially the input of the locals too because they're the ones that are, you know, getting the daily news and I'm sure web updates and app updates about all this stuff and I'm sure it's really hard right now but hopefully over time it will get better. Exactly. So it should be interesting. So what are you going to be then talking about this month, Sam? Well, have you talked about the aquarium yet? Because news was just released on that. Well, let's talk about that. 
Okay, so Dragon Con Night at the Aquarium, which I did for the first time last year. Now, I had been to the Dragon Con Night at the Aquarium. Well, I had been to the Dragon Con Aquarium before because, as I mentioned, I'm not local to Atlanta. And I arrive early and leave late. And I've done that for a while, even before I started volunteering for Setup and Teardown. So now I arrive earlier and leave later now that I am part of the Setup and Teardown crew. But... I, you know, so I'd been to the aquarium before. It had just been before or after Dragon Con, just to just kind of extend my experience in Atlanta. And I wanted to see some of the city, or I've also used that extra time to visit the Henson Museum, or I always try to do something else in Atlanta too. And Dragon Con has an official night at the Georgia Aquarium, and it was recently officially announced that this year will be Saturday, September 2nd. And that's from 7 to 11 p.m. And they've got a couple different ticket types. And the this event gets more popular every year. And the tickets will sell out before Dragon Con. And last year it wasn't really, I think, until about a few weeks before Dragon Con. So you don't have to run out right now and get tickets. But the tickets probably will sell out before Dragon Con releases their official schedule, which is why I think a lot of people don't buy tickets right away because they want to see if they have other plans for Saturday night before doing this. But unfortunately, you might not be able to 100% have your Saturday night plans figured out according to the official schedule and app before the tickets sell out. So you just want to keep that in mind. It might be a bit of a gamble. But the VIP tickets are $85, and those include aquarium admission, private lounge, and a three-hour open bar, and something called light bits. I don't know what those are. Do you know what light bits are? No. Offhand, I don't. Never heard of that. Yeah. So that's either a mystery or a typo. And then it also says a limited edition Dragon Con collectible pin, limited availability. Um, But then right below that, it says the general admission is $30, and that includes a free limited edition Dragon Con pin as well to the first 1,500 guests. So that means they're expecting at least a few hundred people to show up. I'm not exactly sure how many tickets they sell. I don't know if they actually have ever released that information. They'll usually just kind of say, we're half full, and we're almost all the way full, and they'll mention it on the official Dragon Con page. You'll see several posts throughout the official Dragon Con Facebook page. You'll see several posts about the aquarium as the tickets start to get closer to selling out. So uh, I think it's a fantastic experience. I never went before last year because I was going to parties. And then last year I thought, you know, it'd be really nice to just kind of take a night off and just kind of relax and decompress a little bit. And I thought the aquarium was really great for that. So you can buy tickets online, or if you have questions, you can call this phone number, 404-581-4000. And you can call them between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. every day. And then they do have some policies about what costumes you can wear to the aquarium, because a lot of people like to do water-themed costumes or Little Mermaid or Aquaman. You know, anything like that is going to look great with a dolphin in the background of your photo. So they do have a no-weapons policy, and the weapons have to be non-working and peace-bonded and no functioning projectile weapons. So, like, no water pistols or ping-pong pistols or silly string guns. Just kind of use your common sense on that about... um, their policies on weapons or things that look like weapons. Now, 
your Dragon Con convention badge is not required for this event. So if you want to take a friend that's not going to Dragon Con, that's fine. All they're going to look for is your ticket at the aquarium, which I believe they email to you. That's what they did last year. You don't have to have a Dragon Con badge to actually attend this event. So did you have any questions about that? Have you ever been? I have not been, but I've had friends of mine who have gone and they have said nothing but wonderful things about the event. It's been, you know, great to see, you know, the fish and a lot of the cosplayers posing in front of the big tanks. It's it's really amazing. And they do have a costume contest too, which I was hanging out with friends and I kind of walked by, but I didn't really watch. But they haven't really talked about details about that this year, but they had one last year. And I'm just going to assume they're going to be releasing more details about that later. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't have a costume contest again since it was so popular. Exactly. And I hear they have a marshals this year for the show. Yeah. You know what? It's John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite and Michael Rosenbaum, better known as Lex Luthor from Smallville. And you know what? I just brought up the official invitation, and it does say there is an official costume contest at 8.30 p.m. sharp. And that's who's hosting the costume contest is John Heater and Michael Rosenbaum. And the at-the-door prices are going to be $40 if they're available, which I don't think they're going to be because they sold out last year. Oh, definitely. And the event is really popular. I think this is like the fourth year they've done it. And so it's pretty amazing, you know, how many people they get going over to the aquarium. And if you haven't been to the Atlanta Aquarium, it is beautiful. Yeah, it gets bigger and better every year. That's what I've heard. So did you have any more questions about that? Or would you like me to move on to who's going to be our Grand Marshal at the parade? Why don't you tell us about who the Grand Marshal is? I hear it's a true believers. It's going to be amazing. Excelsior. It's going to be Stan Lee. Stan, the man himself, is going to be the Grand Marshal of the Dragon Con Parade. And hey, if you haven't already signed up for that, signups for that went in record time this year. But it is still possible. You can get on the waiting list for that by contacting the parade themselves. You can go to dragoncon.org and just turn search parade in the Facebook in the search bar in the upper right hand corner and it'll bring up all the ways you can contact the parade. You can directly email Jan Price, head of the parade, at DC underscore dragoncon.org and ask to be put on the waiting list for the parade so you can get in on this. Or you can find a group that has already registered for the parade as a group, but they have spaces within their group. And Jan Price has posted in the Dragon Con Parade Facebook group that she'll be releasing at the end of April a list of groups walking in the parade that have agreed to be listed and might have some space available. So, for example, I still have some limited spaces in both of the parade groups I'm leading, and that's the Eternal Members and Friends group and the Cult of Marriott Carpet Parade group. So, you know, of course, all Eternal members and their friends are welcome to join the first group. All the fan-run activities for the Eternals are open to everyone. You don't have to be an Eternal member to join us on anything we do together as fans. And all carpet patterns are welcome in the cold. It doesn't have to be the Marriott. I know a few people who are fans of other host hotels, too. I have a friend who's very much on Team Hyatt, another one very much on Team Hilton, another one really dedicated to the Sheraton, 
I'm not sure who I know who's hardcore Weston, but they're, you know, I'm sure there must be somebody I know who's hardcore Weston. So there is still a chance for you to join the parade. You just need to do your research and figure out what group would be good for you to join. That sounds awesome. Any other little tidbits before we finish up tonight? So, oh, well, the parade for new people, I guess we should mention, is first thing on Saturday morning. So you can start your Saturday with the parade and close it out with the aquarium. And for those who, you know, sometimes just come down, it is a free event. You do not need a Dragon Con badge to go to the parade. Right. You don't need a badge to watch the parade, but you do need a badge that is valid on Saturday to be in the parade. Exactly. So To march in the parade. Exactly. But to see and stand out on the side, you do not need a badge. Right. Yeah. So, and some people can see it from their hotel rooms. Exactly. Particularly the front of the Hyatt. And it's it's a neat event because, you know, be prepared for crowds, folks. If you've never been before to the parade, they have gotten up to, I think last year, unofficially it was up to 150,000 people. Oh my goodness. I thought, I thought it was a hundred thousand. I didn't hear the 150 number. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Police were saying it was 125, but um, unofficial was 150 because there's no way for them to do a full head count. Right. Yeah. It seems like unofficial numbers are always bigger than official numbers when it comes to Dragon Con. And that seems to apply to a lot of different things. Exactly. It's pretty cool though. Yeah. So that's your Saturday at Dragon Con this year. Anything else, Sam? Um, well, I guess my biggest tip, I know you've covered this in the group discussion, but my biggest tip, especially for first-timers and other newbies this year because of the transportation issues, is definitely allow more time than you think you need to. And for first-timers coming out of town, coming in from out of town, I always recommend arriving on Wednesday if you can. And this is so you have time to settle in on Wednesday, rest up, and go to the newbie walking tours on Thursday afternoon so you can get the lay of the land. Because those tours are usually from Thursday 2 to 5. Of course, you know, it hasn't been officially announced yet. It'll be on the official schedule. But those are invaluable tours to have as a first-timer. So if you're planning to arrive on Thursday, it's really easy for your Thursday to get away from you. And then you arrive too late and miss the tours. And they can't run the tours any later than 5 because the hotels start to fill up. And you can't take a tour group of people around once there's too much crowding. So that's my recommendation for transportation this year is no matter who you are, just definitely allow extra time. Awesome. Definitely words of advice. And we've talked about that further in the earlier portions of this podcast. So, you know, definitely always remember, Zan, those are great words. Give yourself enough time. That's the big (laughs) thing with Dragon Con. Yep. And uh, if you want to contact me, if we're in any groups together, um, I'm in a lot of the Dragon Con Facebook groups. My name is spelled Z-A-N, and my last name is Bo, like what little girls put in their hair, and Den, like where a bear lives. So it's B-O-W-D-E-N. And if you want to send me an email, the website that it's a fan website I made is DragonConEternalMembers.com. And that has information about the parade group and how to make your own items with the carpet pattern. And it has a contact form on there. So if you're not into Facebook, you can send me an email if you have questions on anything. That sounds great. Thanks a lot, Sandra. We'll see you next month. See you next month.
And joining us once again this month, we have returning to the station, our good friend, Kevin Batchelder. How are you doing, Kevin? Outstanding. Thanks for having me back again. Absolutely. You are always welcome here on the station, um, especially when we're talking all things Dragon Con. Now, I know that we've talked a lot of uh, subjects regarding the newbies, and uh, uh, we've even had some really good discussions about panels, which I know you're a big part of. Uh, but uh, this month I thought it would be kind of interesting because there's another event uh, at Dragon Con, which you've been part of um, at least for quite a number of years, I think, right? The Sci-Fi Drive-In Theater. That is correct. The Drive-In Theater Heckalong. The Heckalong. Heckalong. <laughs> that's wow. That's 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 uh, interestingly named, uh, but Very probably appropriate. Title, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so tell us about about this event. Uh, sure. About goodness now, six seven years ago, uh, I'm a big uh, B movie fan. Have been Sci-Fi Channel original movies, all under uh, you know cheesy type B movies, and I made a suggestion to Kelly Harkins in the American Sci-Fi and Fantasy Media track that, gee, you know, it'd be a lot of fun to screen a B-movie and kind of do a little mystery science theater type commentary with it. You know, I think it'd be a lot of fun. You know, Kelly's always open for new ideas and got to give her some credit. She wasn't sure if it might be a good idea, but she said, we'll give it a whirl. So that first year uh, we did that. Myself and Joe Crow from the American Sci-Fi Classics track hosted that. And uh, we did it for Sharktopus. And uh, to my surprise, uh, we had a standing room only crowd <laughs> Wow! Uh, that very first year. And so for the next several years, we kept moving it to bigger and bigger rooms. We kept having a lot of fun showing things like Mega Python versus Gatoroid and, uh, you know, Super Shark and uh, eventually moving into some uh, 80s films like Star Crash and Battle Beyond the Stars. So, you know, our our goal is to is to find a fun cheesy sci-fi fantasy film. Joe and I kind of have some fun riffing on it. We're, we're nowhere near as funny as the MST3K gang, but we get everybody involved. We boo the villains. We cheer the heroes. We have folks throw out comments during the movie. gets encouraged. It's very much a community aspect, so we have a lot of fun doing it. Wow, it sounds, uh, yeah, it does sound like fun. There's, um, and, and I've heard that, yeah, it's a tough uh, ticket to get, so to speak. It's not that it costs extra tickets, uh, but but um, yes, it is uh, still standing room only, correct? Yeah, it's been, like I said, uh, as we kept getting more and more folks interested, I remember, I think maybe the third year or so, um, we had moved it to another larger room, and I was like speaking on a panel just before it, so I had to kind of you know run over to get there. And I came around the corner, and I couldn't believe when I came to the door to try to get in, the person at the door, being a very good Dragon Con volunteer, is like, sorry, room's full. I'm like, well, since I'm kind of leading this thing, I think you got to let me in. But um, <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, yeah, we had a line an hour ago, and, you know, we let it in, and then that was it. No more seats. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I guess we're on to something. So, you know, it depends and on the film, and, you know, crowd goes up or down a little bit each year. But, yeah, we have a blast. And and it's it's the two of you hosting with um, any sort of guests or is it is it basically you two in the crowd? It's just us two in the crowd. Again, you know, uh, some folks well, from year to year suggest, well, you should get some of the you know MST3K gang or Rift Tracks. Whatever. Like we're not trying to be them. We're just kind of doing it as kind of like a community approach. You know, you get to be just as funny as Joe or I, and oftentimes the crowd is. They come up with much better lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or suggestions or, you know, hollering things out. So we, we make it very casual and fun. Uh, Joe and I love to use two radically different approaches. Those of you who know Joe, 
uh, know that he's up for any fun. So I'm the type that'll like watch the movie like six times during the summer to like memorize it and make notes about things to say. Joe finds out what film we're doing in the spring and then purposely does not even think about it until just five minutes before we start. <laughs> that sounds like always Joe. comes up with something in the moment. So we, we tend to have a lot of fun there. We do try to get some small prizes like uh, DVD sets or some other folks we know will get us uh, some other little, I'll say trinkets and knickknack things to kind of go with the idea that you know, we call them prizes, but some folks literally when we draw their name, cause we give everybody a ticket number, We'll go, do I really have to take that? And we're like, yep, that's the thing. You got to walk out of here with it. If you want to throw it in the nearest trash bin, that's fine, but you've got to leave here with it. <laughs> Everything is priced to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll pick a few inexpensive DVDs or, or things like that and just randomly draw some numbers. So that's part of the fun because when we do that at the end, folks will pull it out of the, we put it like in a big box. And then if we call your number, everybody gets a ticket coming in. We call your number, you come up and pull it out. And then the crowd reacts like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you got that. And then sometimes people, what I love is people who win will be walking down the aisle back to their seat and they'll look around to see who else has a prize and they'll like try to do a swap meet kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's is just right. the nature of the event. We, we, you know, we normally do it on Friday nights. We don't do it too late. It's normally, I think, in the 8.30 time slot. As with all things Dragon Con, subject to change. Um, and, and uh, you know, we keep it to a PG-13 type film or PG. Uh, it's not adult oriented, so we'll get some kids and, and some folks of all ages. Um, so uh, have since you've been doing this now for what is it, six, seven years? I think this is the seventh year. Was there anyone in particular that went off uh, spectacularly well? Oh, each of them has had their own, you know, like a lot of things, Dragon Con, every year is so unique. Um, I know a couple of years ago, we did the film Super Shark, um, and Kelly did a great job. She got an inflatable shark, like, you know, those balloon type things. Right. And that thing was going around the room the whole time the film was showing. So every now and then it would go in front of the projector and you couldn't see anything. And we'd have fun making like it was attacking the crowd and some other things like that. So uh, and each of those films is cheesy ones that have got, you know, just roll your eyes lines or or things like that. I, I also every year try to come up with, since we know Dragon Con folks are there to have fun and some folks will be partaking of the alcohol. Um, I try to come up with a drinking game. Uh, you know, something in the film that's like a cue if you want to partake in your favorite beverage. Um, so we'll we'll try to do some things there. Some years I have great success as folks tell me that, you know, they have trouble stumbling out. So I've found something that's a little too frequent and. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> we did uh, a couple of years ago. We did Star Crash, which if you haven't seen it, is very much a Star Wars. Um, I'll call it an homage rather than a ripoff. Um, but it has the lovely Caroline Monroe as the star, and she has like seven different outfit changes from these craziest things, uh, you know, bathing suit type things and so forth, and capes and everything else. So the drinking game that we was every time we see Caroline in a new outfit, take a drink. So you know that got the crowd going good. The um, uh, it, it, now, as far as you said, the room keeps growing. Um, so where is it? Is it held actually in the uh, panel room, or is it uh, somewhere else usually? Um, it's it in the early years. It was in the panel room for uh, Kelly's track, and then we put Kelly and Joe's room together and knocked the wall down, kind of thing. And then eventually, it got moved. It's been, I think, the last couple over in the Hyatt in the International Tower. Uh, on one of the lower levels there. I forget the room name. 
Okay. But so it's not in uh, one of the track rooms. It's one a little larger room. It's not like there's thousands of people here, folks. But we get a few hundred at least usually coming in. So um, it, it's in a room there, and we're uh, always open to whatever the con assigns us as far as room space. But I think the last couple years have been there. But again, we're still not sure exactly where it'll be this year. But it will be on your schedule one. Pretty certain on Friday night. Now, do you already know the movie for this year? Um, I, I I could tell you, Mike, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, as we record, we're doing which we tried to do the last couple of years. We put out a little um, survey with a few questions to ask folks what they're interested in. You know, creature feature, disaster, sci-fi type things. We try to get some feedback each year. So we haven't selected the title yet. We've got a few ideas in mind, but we kind of want to see what some of the folks who might be coming are interested in to try to tailor things. And and where can people go and participate in that? Uh, If you go to Kelly's American Sci-Fi and Fantasy Media Track Group or Joe's Classic Track Group. Also, I think in the DragonCon official group, all of those on Facebook, we've put the link there uh, to the survey. I'm not sure if it'll still be running by the time the podcast comes out, but... uh, you know, as with anything else, feel free to reach out to anyone here related to the podcast or us at the newbie group. And, and if it's still running, we'll get to the link. Is there anything looking like this year uh, looks like it might might happen? Are you rooting for any p- particular film? I purposely never do that. That's half the fun is kind of seeing what the crowd. <laughs> might be, you know, I, I come up with some suggestions, um, you know, Joe and Gary over there in classics are, are great B movie fans. Kelly, that's not so much her um area so sometimes when i make suggestions she's a good sounding board to go what is that called and what did that look like in that trailer so then we know we're on to something if we're kind of getting her attention so no i purposely just try to come up with a few ideas and throw them out um we try to stay away from the films that are covered by mst3k again we're just not trying to be them or find the worst films we're just trying to find ones that maybe uh, a few folks might have heard of and and maybe you get that scratch your head like what was that thing again i'm not sure i ever saw that so you can come and have fun at it you know we want it to be a new experience there rather than picking the high profile titles you might have already seen do you uh do you do this in at any other shows or is dragon con the only only time that you do this sort of thing for me this is unique to dragon con and awesome you know so like i say it's one of those ideas and i think it's a perfect example of a lot of the other content you'll see at con sometimes things get tried i mean this could have been a one and done <laughs> if we didn't have many folks come that first year and kudos to kelly for kind of taking a little bit of a risk on me that the idea might work um and actually i think what's going to happen and and you know don't quote me on it but i think this might we might be taking next year off just to kind of you know uh, keep things fresh in the track i'm not saying it's going to go away forever but if you think this sounds like something you're interested in, I would say come out this year because part of it is always keeping an eye on the crowd and, and what the interest in things might be and keeping con fresh. You don't want to uh, make things a little you know, too uh, regimented there. We do get some great feedback from folks who have some fun. I know, I know the thing that makes me the proudest of doing it, and this has happened uh, I think literally every year. Um, is that we do this as like a Friday night event, as I've mentioned. And then at some point, Saturday or Sunday, I'll have someone that will run into me that I, I don't even know them. Um, and they'll mention that they came to the drive-in with their niece or nephew or son or daughter. And, you know, they are the ones who are the big fans of these B-movies. And they never tended to pay attention. But they came to the event and they had so much fun watching it with a group that they're going to do it more often with the family. And I love hearing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's always uh, great to hear. Um, now, um, 
do you uh, do you think you have any idea, like you know, because this sort of thing is, as you mentioned, you already mentioned Rift Tracks, and of course MST3K, but you know, obviously another example of of this kind of behavior could have been like you know the the cult films, uh, Grindhouse, or certainly Rocky Horror. Do you mm-hmm. have any ideas, any insight, because you've been doing this for so long, like why certain movies or uh, sort of resonate this way? Well, I think for me, certainly, and for many folks, it's the community aspect. Um, you know, they want to be able to experience a movie with, with uh, friends uh, and be able to, you know, kind of go outside that box of, shh, shh, don't say anything, it's a movie. You know, you can actually roll your eyes or groan if something doesn't catch you. So I think the nature of the community side, along with the fact that many of us have seen a movie, I don't care if it's a $100 million, you know, big blockbuster from Hollywood or something else sometimes where we just went, okay, that didn't quite work, <laughs> um, you know, the way you thought. So you want to be able to make a comment or two. I mean, people work hard to create films. We're not trying to make fun of them. We're just trying to have fun with them. So as to why, I don't know, there's just an aspect to it that some folks for those lower budget films uh, just tend to have a little fun realizing that uh, it didn't quite come off the way they thought it might have. I always uh, like to use the term, I think uh, it's a perfect example of misery loves company. <laughs> And that can be part of it. I mean, let's face it, the ones we picked, it's not like they're bad films. We're not trying to find ones that they people will just groan at how, quote unquote, bad it is in the sense of boring, because we want to have fun with it. So we do try to find ones that maybe are a cheesy adventure or you could tell they thought they had something there or it reminds them of another film that, you know, might have been something to enjoy. Yeah, well, it's a great thing, and it's a good thing that you're a part of that. And uh, it's become, like, I, I know that uh, even though I've never been able to attend it because there's always so much to do, uh, I've always heard great things about it. So uh, it's cool. It's uh, it's very cool that you're part of that. And it's been, you know, sounds like it's been going pretty successfully for all these years. So It has been, and it's, I do. I, I often say it is like a lot of other things you'll see at cons. Sometimes things are tried. Sometimes you'll see something on the schedule. You're not sure if you might like it. Take a chance. Give it a shot, you know. And as you pointed out, too, Mike, even after this many years, there's been enough other fun things you found that you haven't had a chance to get there. So we, we know we say that when folks are like, oh, I couldn't make it. That's OK. It's probably because you had other great things to do. That's the wonderful thing about con. There's always something great on the schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. OK, so um, real quick, once again, where can people go in case there's still time to vote or, or take part in the, uh, the poll? Where, where can people go to find that? I would suggest on Facebook do a search for the Dragon Con American SF and Fantasy Media track, Kelly's uh, Facebook discussion group, and she's got a, a post uh, right there near the top that's got a link to that survey. Or reach out if you go to the um, DragonConNewbies.org website, which we also mentioned. Um, it'll have contact info. Hit any of those, Twitter, emails, whatever, and I'm sure I can get it to you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. And of course, we also appreciate the work that you do with uh, the newbies group, as well as uh, the the other posters. You are if you find a Dragon Con group out there, you you are you are one of the many posters among many groups, sir. Well, that's because we all have so much fun in this community. It's it's just something any chance I get to interact. It's just a blast. Absolutely. And it's a blast having you on, sir. So until next month, um, thanks again. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome back. Now we are here with Michelle Biddick Simmons from Drop by Dragon Con. Hey Michelle. Hi, how are you doing, Mike? Um, been better. Uh, we got some bad news actually in the group this week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. Um, one of our members, um, 
was having a lot of problems with depression and I hadn't heard from him in a while. And this is usually he comes and goes and as he needs to, because he works on muscles, he's a big anime guy and a big cosplayer. And I found out yesterday because somebody else had posted about it, someone that I didn't even know knew him. And I just saw this photo come up and he had taken his own life because he was dealing with depression and depression lies to you and it takes you into places that you would not go if you weren't dealing with it. And when it takes away all the joy in your life, it can sometimes take you to a point where you take your own life. And that is what happened. And um, I had to break it to the group and I knew a lot of people would be very affected by it because um, we had met him. And it's, you know, when you're on, it hurts enough when you're online with someone and you know them in that way. I'm going to cry a little bit. I'm very sad because he was a very good guy. And I know it's hurting other people. I understand. Because we didn't have the opportunity to help him and i i put up a thing on the group and i said you know here's the thing with this anybody can be depressed but our mental health there's no shame in asking for help there's no shame in getting therapy there is no shame in being on medication Anybody that tries to shame you or make you feel badly because you had to reach out, that is their problem. But if you are ever at a place where you are that low, honest to God, it will get better. It looks so dark and it looks like you don't have an option, but there's always an option. And sometimes all it takes is just reaching out because it's so amazing. I've had so many people... You know, I I know, I know everyone in Drop By. I don't know, you know, we have almost 2,000 members and we have people come and go and stuff, but I know almost every single one of them on some level as a friend. And so I do know who deals with this. And I've dealt with depression because human beings do. This is something we even know animals do. We know this now. And there is no shame in it. And it, it just, when a community gets hit with this, one, I feel so sorry for his family, but when a community gets hit with this, um, you can either, it brings out that low in other people quite often. And if you're hearing this and you are at that place or you ever get to that place, suicide is not the answer because it's just, it's your low lying to you. And so there are people that will help. There's a 1-800 number. I just found a group online that actually helps. You know, it's like if your family is not going to listen or if you have friends that aren't going to listen, you step away and you find someone who does. You reach out. And I really wish that R had. I wish he had. Um, and maybe he did. But here's the thing. He usually showed up at this time of year. And I had just been thinking. He had hurt himself last year. He had hurt his shoulder and couldn't work out as much. And I do think that that played a part in it because um, if you have an issue of any kind, um, well, and here's the thing. Let's talk about this. 
mental illness is about your body and about um, often it's about something that's an imbalance in your brain. And there's so the spectrum is wide. And sometimes um, depression goes hand in hand with other things. And sometimes depression is just being overwhelmed by what's going on around you. And frankly, at this point, we have a lot of stuff going on around us. Um, so you have to know that taking care of yourself keeping if you if exercise helps you because exercise does balance a lot of people's biochemistry if eating well is what you need do it if you need to exercise do it but if you get to that point where you're really low contact somebody don't ever try to go it alone because even if you need medication for a year or two months or even a damn week you know or the rest of your life if it's what's going to help you live the best life you can and get back out of the low lows, then do it. And here's, a, you know, on a daily basis, everybody has highs and lows. We're all human beings. Everybody goes through this. But when you take yourself out, when you take yourself away, when you deny people that love you the ability to try to help, it hurts everybody. And it leaves wakes. It it leaves, we feel the ripples for a long time. Exactly. And I think at this point, we're going to give the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline phone number. I think that would really help. That would help. be great. That's and, and the VETS number, because um, we don't talk about this enough, but we have so many veterans that have come back and are still coming back. and a lot of them don't get the help they need. And I don't know that R was because we didn't talk about that. We talked about anime and we talked about cosplay and we talked about bodybuilding and we talked about all sorts of other stuff. Um, but, you know, put both numbers up because sometimes veterans have totally different issues from the average person because no one else except another vet can understand a lot of what they've gone through. No, exactly. And it's, it's tough for everyone involved. You know, um, I'm going to give out two phone numbers right now. Um, first one is, of course, the National Suicide Prevention Line, which is 1-800-273-8255. And I'll repeat it, 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And we will also have a link up on our website um, for, of course, you know, the veterans. So, you know, right. all throughout, you know, we will have for both up there. And, you know, there's definitely people out there who can help. And they have groups in your local area. You don't just have to be in Atlanta or up in Knoxville. You could be anywhere in the country. And there's, there's people out there who would help. love to help you. And there, yeah, there's that, help, and it's just reaching out. All it takes is you reaching out. And by God, if you don't find someone the first time you reach out, you keep reaching out because, I mean, when I was a teenager, I tried to kill myself. And I had the mindset that changed, that all of a sudden I realized we all go through this. We're all linked. Mm -hmm. And to lose one person, it damages everybody. Exactly. So it is on us as well 
to, if we know somebody is depressed or something, just check on them. Because sometimes all it takes is knowing that somebody actually cares to be able to get them connected with life again. Exactly. So, you know, when you're done listening to this, call somebody or email them or text them and just check on them if you know that they're dealing with something. Or if you're dealing with something, you know what? Get up and go for a walk. Go look at the beautiful outside. Call somebody. Go have a coffee with somebody. Just reach out. And thank you very much, Mike, for letting me even talk about this. Oh, it's our pleasure. You know, you've been a big, you know, help with our show, and it's only right we help with your group and to help on a cause this well. It affects us all. And, you know, the big, the big thing. Exactly. It is Dragon Con. But, you know, there's always going to, there's somebody you could just, you know, no matter how alone you feel, you know, there's going to be somebody out there for you. You could be living in a city, not know a single stranger. And, you know, there's the great thing with the geek community. There's always other geeks right. out there. Right. You know, go to a comic shop, go to an anime shop. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, uh, please do reach out because it does matter to all of us. You don't think it does, but it really does. Exactly. Please, you know, definitely, you know, reach out. And, you know, you know, for anyone who's ever had anything like this happen, we are sorry for your loss. And, you know, people don't realize that some, what you leave behind after you do something like that. And it, you know, it's, it's almost worse in some ways. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip. No, no, no. But it is because here's the thing. There are people that love you, even if you don't think there are, because you're in that low at that time. But everybody, it, my my cousin killed himself, mm-hmm. and we still. I mean, my mom brought it up today, and it's like the potential is lost. Exactly. And it's like to see someone do that when we know all they could have done, and and are a really good guy. I know. I think we're going to end the segment here and we'll we'll go on to our next segment and we'll talk to Michelle next month. And it'll be back health, a better subject. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pains in the back instead of (laughs) we'll be back in a moment. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) My pleasure. Well, once again, I, I, I want to thank Michelle for, for coming on the show. We obviously had a different uh, topic in mind to discuss, but, uh, things, uh, Things came up, and uh, we definitely uh, I appreciate her coming on and talking about from the heart, as well as uh, sharing that with us because I think it's something that uh, needed to be said. So um, uh, we appreciate that. And um, and again, if you are having any troubles with uh, depression or any any thoughts of that nature, please please reach out to those helplines. Um, so I hate to end the show that way, guys, but we have drawn a close now to another episode of the 2017 Dragon Con Con Report. I want to give a big thanks to everyone for joining us in this episode. Uh, Kevin Batchelder, Eternal Zan, and of course, uh, Michelle Biddick-Simmons. And much thanks to our station crew here. Thanks, Mary. Absolutely, of course. Absolutely. And uh, we, are, we are looking forward to seeing you next month. So soon. So soon. It'll be here before <laughs> we know it, right? It always is. It always catches up with me. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And Nakoma, it was great having you back. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's always my pleasure to be part of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you, Darren. Oh, you're welcome, gentlemen. 
Not a problem at all. And thanks to you, Mike, for which, of course, none of this would be possible. Of course, because I hit record. That's right. You are the man with the recorder. That's how you got your, you know, director tag. Exactly. You know, no one else took it, so I took it. (laughs) Uh, Keep in mind, folks, we try to cover all we can with these specials. But to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website. Their social media, their Facebook group is up to date all the time. Uh, also, all the DragonCon tracks are active on Facebook. They also have various other social media outlets as well. Please keep up to them. Um, we also can be we here on Earth Station One can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Stitcher. We want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join in on the discussion. Uh, please help support us by donating via PayPal, purchasing some very cool merchandise from our. We don't do we have a Zazzle store anymore? Nope, no Zazzle store. Yeah, I gotta, I got to write that off. All right. I did years ago. That's cool. Yeah, I know. Right. Purchasing some very cool merchandise from our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it's been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.